For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures I will arise and go forth to the house of my young I will arise and go forth to the house of my father I will arise and go forth to the house of my young House of my young Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Secrets of Biblical Hebrew. This is part five of the series. Next, we're going to look at the first in the last letters of the Hebrew alphabet. The first letter is Aleph. The last letter is Tav. And so when in English we refer to our letters of language, we say it's the alphabet, and it comes from the Hebrew and the first two letters of Aleph and Bet. So from Aleph and Bet, we get alphabet. And so when you speak of the Hebrew letters from first to last, it's everything from Aleph to Tav. So Aleph Tav itself represents completion and perfection. And this is explained in the Wisdom of the Hebrew Alphabet by Rabbi Monk on page 34. Now, if we look at Deuteronomy in chapter 11 and verses 26 and 28, it is written, Behold, I've set before you this day a blessing and a curse. Verse 28. A curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. So, in the Torah scroll, in the Hebrew, where we have the blessing, we have their Aleph and Tav. So, regarding the blessing, Aleph and Tav is used. Regarding the curse, Aleph and Tav is omitted. So, Aleph and Tav is the blessing. Now, Aleph Tav, which in the Hebrew grammar is going to indicate what is the direct object, that there are seven Hebrew words in the first verse of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In English, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But in Hebrew, it's Breshit, bara Elohim, et Hashemayim, Va'et, Ha'aretz. So if we take the seven Hebrew words and put them on a menorah, that on a menorah, the middle is called the servant or the shamish. And so if we place these seven Hebrew words of the first verse of the Bible, what Hebrew word is going to be in the position of the servant or the shamish? It's going to be Aleph and Tav. So Yeshua is Aleph and Tav. We can see this from Revelation chapter 1 
verse 5 and verse 8. And from Yeshua HaMashiach, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, I am Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega are the first and the last letters of the Greek alphabet. In Hebrew, you would say, I am the Aleph and the Tav. So Yeshua is the Aleph and the Tav. So Yeshua is the servant of the first verse of the Bible. We take the seven words in Hebrew and we put it on a menorah. That which is the servant or the shamash, the stem that's in the middle is Aleph and Tav. And then in Deuteronomy in chapter 11 and verse 26, Aleph Tav is the blessing. And so Aleph Tav is Yeshua and he's the blessing and he's the servant of God. Next, we're going to look at Zephaniah in chapter 3 and verse 8. And so let's turn then to Zephaniah in chapter 3 and verse 8 because there we are going to see something very unique in the Hebrew. Zephaniah in chapter 3 in verse 8 is, therefore, wait upon me, says the Lord, until the day that I rise up to the prey, for my determination is to gather the nations that I may assemble the kingdoms to pour upon them my indignation, even all my fierce anger, for all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. Now, that verse in the Hebrew is the only verse in the Bible that contains all 22 Hebrew letters and the five final forms of Hebrew letters. And then the next verse following, it says in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 9, For then will I turn to the people a pure language. And so that pure language is Hebrew, the language from Adam and Eve that was spoken by all peoples of the earth until the Tower of Babel when God confounded or confused the people so they couldn't communicate with each other. And from this came our different languages. So then the next thing that we're going to look up and we're going to examine is the understanding of what's called gematria. Gematria is where every Hebrew letter has a numerical value. So we have the first 10 letters of the Hebrew alphabet from Aleph to Yod. And Aleph has a numerical value of 1, Bet 2, Gimel 3, Dalet 4, etc. 1 to 10. And then starting with Yod, it has a numerical value of 10. But then the 11th letter, the Kaf, has a 20. Lamed has a value of 30. Mem, 40. And it goes in units of 10 from 10 to 100. And so the Kuf has a numerical value of 100. And then it goes from 100 to 900. From Kuf to Tav has a numerical value of 400. And then 500 to 900 are the values of the final letters. And so since each Hebrew letter has a numerical value, that means every Hebrew word is going to have a numerical value. So the idea of gematria is two words that have the same numerical value have an associated 
or relevant or spiritual meaning with each other. So we're going to look at one example of this. In Exodus chapter 17, verse 8, it is written, Then came Amalek, the grandson of Esau, and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And so from the book Building Blocks of the Soul, Insights into the Hebrew Language by Matatiahu Gazerson on page 267, he explains that Amalek, if we take the gematria of it, that Amalek has the numerical value in Hebrew of 240. And the Hebrew word for doubt, safek, also has the numerical value of 240. And so Amalek spiritually is associated with doubt. And so this is an example of how we have a couple Hebrew words and we add up its numerical value and those words that have the same numerical value have an associated meaning. Now in Genesis chapter 36 verse 8 it is written, Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. And if we look at the book The Building Blocks of the Soul by Matatiahu Glazerson on page 87, he explains where Esau lived, Mount Seir, that if you take the word Seir, it has four Hebrew letters, you can break it up into two letters, which spells the Hebrew word yesh, which means there is, and then ra, evil. So you take Seir, the place that's associated with Esau and where he lived, and you take those four letters, you can make two Hebrew words that means there is evil. So Esau is associated with this world system, this world's values, carnality, materialism, and Esau is associated with the flesh, the things of the flesh, and things that are associated with the carnal mind, which Paul explained in Romans in chapter 8 and verse 7 that the carnal mind is an enemy of God and it's not subject to the Torah of God. And so now looking at Exodus chapter 17 verse 8, Amalek, who I just showed you, gave you an example that Taking the gematria of Amalek, 240, it's associated with doubt because Safek in Hebrew has a numerical value of 240. That Amalek fought with Israel in Rephidim. And what's the spiritual meaning of Rephidim? As explained in the book, The Inner Meaning of the Hebrew Letters on page 76, Rephidim is associated with being weak or discouraged. That is because Rephidim can be understood as the combination of two words. Rapha, the root meaning to be weakened, and Yadim, the plural of the noun Yad, meaning hand, power, or strength. So Rephidim can be understood to mean weakened hand, weakened power, weakened strength. So now we can take Exodus chapter 17 verse 8 and break it down into the Hebrew and we can have a spiritual lesson learned here that we are weak in strength whenever we operate in doubt.
So this is the spiritual meaning behind the verse in Exodus chapter 17, verse 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. The next example that we're going to share with you in making spiritual connections by using gematria. In this example, we're going to take the Hebrew word for Moses, which is Moshe, and you take the letters that spell Moshe in Hebrew, the numerical value of Moshe is 345. And then the Hebrew word for one, echad, has a numerical value of 13. So if you take Moshe plus unity or one, that would be 345 plus 13, it is equivalent to the Hebrew word Mashiach or Messiah. And so Moses represents the Torah. And so the Torah plus unity is the spiritual level of Mashiach. Now, in the book, In His Own Words by Grant Luton, on page 242, he explains that the Hebrew word achad, which means one, has a gematria of 13, and the Hebrew word for love, achava, has a gematria or a numerical value of 13. So there's a spiritual connection between love and oneness, and one and unity. And the gematria of the sacred name of God, yod heh vav is 26. And so if you combine love with unity, you have the spiritual level or the spiritual status of yod heh vav so Yeshua said in John chapter 14, verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. When he spoke these words, he was making a reference to the very first place in the Bible. That is the chapter where we find the giving of the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, verse 6, where the words were said, showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So Yeshua said to love him and his keep his commandments. Keeping his commandments is keeping his Torah. And so we can see the connection here of love with the Torah. The next example that we're going to look at is from John chapter 21, verse 6 and verses 10 and 11. And here we're going to see that the disciples catch 153 fish, as it is written. And Yeshua said to them, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you will find. Then Yeshua said, bring of the fish which you have now caught. And Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, and the number was 153. So why are we told in the scriptural account that there were 153 fish that were caught. Well, while that would have been literal, Yeshua is trying to teach a deeper spiritual meaning or truth here to his disciples. And that truth is connected to the prophecy in Hosea chapter 1. And in Hosea chapter 1, we're told that Hosea is to marry Gomer and that there are three children that are mentioned as a result of this marriage in Hosea in chapter 1. The first in Hosea chapter 1 verse 4 is Jezreel, which means God will sow or God will scatter. The second child in Hosea chapter 1 verse 6 is Lo Rohama, which means no mercy. And the third child in Hosea chapter 1 verse 9 is Lo Ami or not my people. And the names of these children are going to represent 
the judgment upon the northern kingdom. And after proclaiming the judgment, then there's words of comfort. There's words of restoration and reconciliation found in Hosea chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it will come to pass in the place where it was said, you are not my people, lo, ami, there it will be said, you are the sons of the living God. So the prophecy is that the northern kingdom would go from being cut off from the covenant. We're told in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 8, that a bill of divorcement was given to the northern kingdom. So they're going to go from being cut off to being restored in that covenant relationship. And that restoration comes through the new covenant and the means by which the restoration in the new covenant is by Yeshua being obedient to the will of his father and giving his life and shedding his blood on the tree for the forgiveness of the sins of not only his people, but the entire world as well. So as explained in the book, Numbers in Scripture by E.W. Bollinger, that the number 153 is equivalent to the gematria of Bani Ha Elohim, the sons of God. So the deeper spiritual message that Yeshua was communicating to his disciples is he was going to send them out following his resurrection and they were going to catch the exiles of Israel and make them sons of the living God. This is particularly directed here, as we can see in Hosea chapter 1, to the northern kingdom. And regarding the firstborn blessing that's given to the sons of Joseph, Ephraim, and Manasseh, as we can see in Genesis in chapter 48, here Jacob is going to give the blessing of the firstborn to Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And we read in Genesis chapter 48, verse 16, that Jacob says, The angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, and let my name be named on them in the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac. And it says in the King James, let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. But that's not what it says in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew says, let them increase as fish in the earth. And so Ephraim and Manasseh are likened to fish that are going to multiply in the earth. And in the prophecy regarding the northern kingdom, after they were cut off from the covenant for their disobedience that came about from the first king of the northern kingdom, Jeroboam, and then the succeeding kings of the northern kingdom, leading the northern kingdom into spiritual apostasy by departing from the Torah of the God of Israel. They were sentenced to being scattered in the nations of the world, but then they were promised restoration. And in their restoration, they would have the status of being sons of God. So the gematria of this is 153. Ephraim and Manasseh are like unto fish. And so this is the deeper spiritual meaning of Yeshua having his disciples to cast their net and then they catch 153 fish. So now we have this concept and this understanding from the book, The Inner Meaning 
of the Hebrew letters on page 6a, where there it's the, the Jewish understanding that the world itself was created using the Hebrew letters. And in the art scroll to the book of Genesis, this is an Orthodox Jewish commentary on the scriptures. In the introduction to the book of Genesis on page 43, the following is explained, that with the event of creation, the Torah assumed physical garb, just as the soul clothes itself in a human body to assume earthly life. So the principle is that the Torah in creation became physical. And so Yeshua is the word of God, Revelation chapter 19, verse 13. And when he came to the earth, the word of God, the Torah, became flesh. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word is the Torah, and the word was with God, and the word of the Torah was God. And the word, or the Torah, was made flesh, that is, became physical, and dwelt among us. Next, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the Tetragrammaton, that is the four-lateral sacred name of the God of Israel, which is yod Hey vav Hey, And we read Hebrew from right to left, and we would also look at a Hebrew word and its letters from right to left, but we're going to take yod Hey vav Hey, and we're going to take the letters, and we're going to write it vertically. And so we're going to first have the yod, and then underneath it, we're going to place the hay, and underneath it, the vav, and underneath it, the hay. So the yod is going to represent your head, and then the hay, your shoulder and your arms, and the vav, your trunk, and then the hay, your waist and your legs. And so if we take yod, hay, vav, hay, and we write it vertically, we can see that yod, hay, vav, hay also became a man. And so this is how Yeshua is yod, hay, vav, hay, but he also came and lived in this earth as a man. Next, we're going to see from the book Sound the Great Shofar by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson that it's the Jewish understanding that the world was created solely for the Messiah. And this is stated in the Talmud in Sanhedrin 96b. Now what we're going to do in elaborating the concept that the world was made for the Messiah, we are going to take the first word of the Bible, Breshit. And as we've showed you in this teaching, that in a Torah scroll, the first letter of the first word of the Bible, the first letter is the Hebrew letter bet, that in a Torah scroll, it is enlarged. And bet means a house. And so this communicates to us in the deeper spiritual meaning that the purpose of creation is that the God of Israel wanted a dwelling place on the earth. He wanted to have a house. So now, if we take the first two letters of the first word of the Bible, the first word is Breshit, which in English means in the beginning. The first two letters are the Bet and the Resh. And so we would pronounce this bar, and that's the Aramaic for sun. So we put the thought together that the reason for the purpose of the creation of the heavens and the earth is the God of Israel wanted to have a house for his son. Well, that's going to conclude part five of the series on the subject, Secrets of Biblical Hebrew. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.
Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.